Welcome to 13 Minutes of Gig News in 13 minutes or less. All right, everybody, so let me get my eyes on here. Uh, hopefully, everybody's having a great week. So this week, Instacart IPO went, finally. It went when it should, even. That almost never happens. If you were to remember that I guess told you guys it would go this Monday or Tuesday, it did. Um, that was weeks ago. Normally, they miss those dates pretty heavily. So... Um, when it launched, it launched at uh, just over $30. I think it was $32. Um, for some reason, when I'm looking back, it's showing $39. But that, I think that was during day trading because that was around 1 p.m. Um, on the day that it launched, it got up to actually $42. But around 1, it was at $39. And for some reason, it's not going back to the actual launch amount, which I believe was $30 or $32. Um, regardless, the $42 was the high for that day. The second day of trading, it lost all of that momentum and went back to the 30 and basically all week held there. Um, so 32, 39, 42 the first day, and then second day of trading right back at 30, lost all of its gains that second day and was back at its base line of 30. And then through the week 30, closed on Friday at 30. Does that mean 30 is the, is the price that, that, that they did good? Um, it's on the NASDAQ. It means that they did better than Uber and Lyft. Uber was on the Dow and Lyft was on the NASDAQ. And if you remember, both of those in the first week of trading had lost about half of their value. Um, this was known as the app-based IPO first front runners were the Uber Lyft ones that went. And they kind of really, you know, DoorDash or whatever, but they kind of really haven't gone no, no other IPOs have wanted to go like Airbnb has been holding off. Some other ones have been holding off because they thought that the market just didn't understand a non-asset valued company, which in past it, it really doesn't. I mean, it's hard to say, like, if you don't generate salaries, if you don't have buildings, if you don't have equipment, if you don't have uh, hard assets, the market just didn't understand, well, what do you mean you have nothing and it's all in the cloud? So it's been a, you know, that's been a tough thing for the market to understand anyway. But it does seem like 30 seems to be a steady number. I'm not saying that's where it'll stay. Who knows? The next couple of weeks are critical. That's, you know, by the by the second week of October, you should see about what its solid number is. So if it stays at 30, great. I mean, I don't know if it's great. It's great. You can only say if you're an early investor or not, but that would mean it's probably around its value. So um, if that is the case, we'll see. Um, Massachusetts. All right. So I got to walk us through a timeline on this, you guys, because the reason that we're going to talk about this is because I've been saying this is coming to a lot of states. Um, what I'm about to read you in a few weeks will be coming to Illinois, um, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and to New Hampshire. Not exactly in this wording, but that's why I'm going to walk you through what happened in Massachusetts and kind of what we're looking at here. Okay. So this is this is regarding gig work and specifically now there's two there's two bills going on there. There's Massachusetts Massachusetts H.1099 1099. Um, that one's 93 pages in all, and it, you can see that it kind of is targeting businesses and everything. And then there's the App-Based uh, Driver Classification Act, which is specifically going after the gig economy. 
Um, regardless, these look very scary. And let me just read you the Massachusetts one first. So let me walk us through the timeline here. So two years ago, a ballot was put into place to permanently keep app-based gig workers traditional ICs. Level the playing field and say, yeah, there's going to be no hybrid. They are ICs. Because that's been a debatable point for a long time. Um, for those not familiar with the process in Massachusetts, it is different than other states. Um, you know, some states use referendums. Um, California uses proposals like Prop 22. Um, in Massachusetts, they use a ballot selection. So a ballot, uh, people vote on ballots, and then those ballots get passed into law. So um, in 2022, Maura Healy, um, they were effectively going to carbon copy Prop 22. They said, we like that. Let's do that here. Um, special interest groups were trying to help the Flex Association, which is Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Instacart, all of them are the Flex Association. They represent the app-based gig side, and they were trying to help push uh, through the copy of Prop 22 because that's a whole nother story, you guys, um, that hopefully we're going to have time for here, but if not, I'll reference something that you guys can check out. Um, but here's the thing. So Moore Healy at the time was the attorney general for the state. She requested that the 2022 ballot question be removed. And then she decided to remove it. And she got challenged on a Supreme Court challenge that she didn't have the power to remove what the people should be able to vote on. Now, the Supreme Court in Massachusetts agreed with Maura Healey. And they, removed, they let her remove the ballot question, and it never was seen or voted on. Um, Maura Healey, uh, fast forward to today, Maura Healey is the governor of the state. Now, she has, she has a stacked deck of people who are trying to help her with her agenda, which is now called H.1099, 1099. Um, that, is the, that is the House bill. Um, it is also re referred to as the App-Based Driver Classification Act. And the counteroffer to the Flex Association, or from the Flex Association, is a copycat Prop, Prop 22 like they wanted two years ago. But here's the downgraded version. Here's what actually, uh, I know a lot of people DoorDash. Here's what DoorDash sent all Massachusetts drivers in an email um, last week. So... They want you to agree to this. It's their version of a Prop 22, but I want to explain what you're getting. So you get four, it's promising four things. It protects your ability. So this is DoorDash. DoorDash is telling you, you have, they need you to agree with this so they can put your name on the list as people who side with staying independent contractors in their respect, their definition. And here's what you'll get for, for, for being agreeing to that. You protect your ability for flexibility and independently working, okay? Okay, we all have that. Um, guarantees that dashers earn $18 an hour. Now, we've talked about floor meets ceiling before. There are dashers in Boston who make $35 an hour. There are dashers in Boston who make $10 an hour. This is where floor meets ceiling. Never, ever, ever will DoorDash out of their pocket 
pay for these $10 ones to reach 18. What do they do? They take it from the top earners and they, they lower their earnings in whatever clever ways they come up with. But basically the top earners end up earning less and making sure that the others are earning more so that you're at a level playing field. And we all want to make sure everybody's paid correctly. However, people out really hustling and that have been doing this for years and have learned tricks and where to be and best times to be there and give up their Friday and Saturday nights because those are the money shifts or whatever, that they've adjusted their whole lives around this. I I always think with any job, I'm going to use bartending again. You know, bartending, you don't come in the first day and make what the other bartenders do. You have a Tuesday shift for a few months to prove yourself and you barely make anything. So um, it's even if you're a good bartender, you got to learn the bar. Uh, it, it also enables access to health plans, but Massachusetts is basically the closest state to Canada's system where 90% of their population has access to free medical already. So yes, it's like CalCare or whatever California's is too. It's not like medical insurance that people love and are like, oh yeah, that's great. That free one that I have. However, for catastrophic type situations, especially when you're younger and trying to build your career or what you're going to do. Um, catastrophic is pretty much the only one you need to be covered for. I know anything could happen at any time. However, I think when, you know, those of us who are a little older, we all remember that when we were younger, you know, I mean, if you were in a car accident and had a $500,000 hospital bill, that would kill you. So a, a $5,000 deductible from the state, that's a lot better. Um, we'll just kind of leave it at that. It enhances new safety uh, features by issuing new insurance requirements. So if you're hurt on the job, um, that kind of thing, you, there's going to be some better protections. But that's it, you guys. That's all that DoorDash is telling you. Hey, listen, if you don't want to want to have to be an employee or a franchise, franchise worker, you need to agree to this. I don't know about you, but what they just offered is awful. Awful. I mean, if... $18 guaranteed an hour. If you're using your own vehicle right there, the game's over. You're now being paid less than minimum wage. So you might as well just go get a minimum wage job. And if you can't hustle and earn more, what's the point? I mean, if you're just going to make 18 an hour, it makes no sense. Um, and again, that's for active time, obviously. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was Prop 22. A lot of people do benefit from Prop 22. We had a great talk with Sergio this week um, on the Parachannel. You can find it. It was the episode that we did, David and I, with Sergio this week. And it's about worker classification. We did a jump into Prop 22. And I need to do this real quick because Prop 22 is initially supposed to benefit rideshare drivers. It doesn't benefit rideshare drivers at all. Rideshare drivers in an active hour earn 120% of minimum wage in that area. That's just a given. So they're not really getting it. The delivery people, they weren't really thinking of when this happened because they didn't know we'd hit a global pandemic three months later. So they weren't really factoring that in. That's the people who benefit from it. But let's put all of that to the side because whenever I mention Prop 22, everybody seems to get on that thing. I want to know to you guys, because Sergio and I were trying to figure this out as well. Where is the money going? Because we all assumed when Prop 22 started that the companies would be covering that difference. So if it's $20 an hour in San Francisco is the minimum wage, 
24 would be 120%. If DoorDash gave you two active hour or two, you did two uh, deliveries in an active hour, then let's say the base pay was uh, 250, right? So that's five bucks for the two. That's 19 left over. DoorDash paid it. But did you know that DoorDash and every other app puts a Prop 22 line item fee of $1 to $1.50, depending on every order they make? So we did the math. All of that money coming in is millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yet only 9% of California gig workers qualify for Prop 22 monies. Go watch the video, guys. And that's 13 minutes of news in 13 minutes or less. Peace.